and welcome to The Gifted Mind. I'm your host, Nina Berry, and today we're going to be talking about the expectations that are often laid out unfairly for gifted students. To do that, we're going to need to define what gifted really means. According to Dr. Christie McWilliams, who wrote the article, What Does Being Gifted Really Mean?, Gifted individuals are those who demonstrate outstanding levels of aptitude defined as an exceptional ability to reason and learn or competence, document performance or achievement in top 10% or rarer in one or more domains. In short, you are smart and you are often more capable of doing things than, say, your neighbor who isn't gifted. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are more mature or more willing to do that work. So when I was in third grade of elementary school, I was already identified as gifted. And I went to a Montessori school. And what's significant about that was there was a library in the classroom, which is a standard of Montessori classrooms. But I did not want to do my work. I didn't want to do my work any more than any of my classmates, probably even less so, because I was also diagnosed with ADHD on the same day that I was identified as gifted. So what I do all day... (laughs) Instead of my work was I would go to the library and sit down and hide in the bookcase away from the teacher (laughs) and I'd read and I'd read the Magic Treehouse series and it was nice but I didn't get my work done. But when I did get my work done I got A's and I don't think I got a B on my report card until 7th grade of middle school. So what I'm trying to say is I was not any more motivated or driven to do my work than my classmates. Of course, now that I'm in high school, I have the motivation to get the A's, get the GPA, and get into a really good college, but that has way more to do with how I was raised rather than my status as gifted. Here to discuss with me the expectations for gifted students is licensed mental health counselor Erica Whitfield, who is board certified in telemental health, a certified therapeutic art life coach, and founder of Positive Development LLC with 11 plus years of experience counseling children and adolescents. All right, Hi, so- Nina. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here for me to interview. Absolutely. I can't wait to just create this experience that we're going to have today because I know that it's going to be so meaningful for all the people who listen. So again, thank you for creating the space where we can come on and talk about this. No problem. Okay, so when you think of expectations, what comes to mind? Yeah. Um, So when I think about the expectations that individuals have for gifted kids, you know, teachers, adults, even some peers, um, 
three things really come to mind. And the first one is that I think there's this notion out there that if someone is gifted, that they will be gifted in all areas. And so if they perform really well in math and science, then they should also perform really well in English and in language arts. And that's just not the case. Um, Some people don't realize that there's actually something called twice exceptional. And in this situation, you can have someone who's extremely gifted in one area, but they may actually fall behind their peers in another area. So maybe the person's like exceptional in math, but when it comes to reading, there are some significant areas where improvement can be made. So I think that's the first expectation that people have of gifted kids that they're just gonna excel in everything. Um, The second one is that you know, all gifted kids should just be well-behaved and they shouldn't make trouble. Um, And (laughs) if you know the gifted population, you know that there's a segment that may be reserved and quiet, but there's also a segment that's very much so about fairness and justice and questioning authority and challenging the norms. You know, like some of our gifted folks, yeah, they're like our next social leaders. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the third thing is that they shouldn't need help. I think that's another expectation. So we see people performing really well in certain areas and just think like, oh, they must have everything going on. Life must be perfect. And they just naturally know how to do everything. They don't need to study. They don't need to try. They just know how to do these things. And in reality, not the case. Like gifted people are humans and all humans need help. So I think those are the main expectations that people have. Well said. So... Speaking of these expectations, why do you think that these expectations are set for gifted students? Sure. You know, I think there's a genuine desire that we as humanity have to just want to use our talents and creativity and gifts to just advance society, um, solve meaningful problems, and just grow our potential as much as possible. And so when people see gifted kids, I think there's this... um, there's this expectation there for them because they know that the incredible potential that this person can produce and they don't in their eyes want to see it wasted. So I think that's a reason. Um, And then another is that I think there's this fear that we have that if we're not doing something or taking advantage of every opportunity that comes to us, that somehow we're not living up to our capabilities, um, that somehow we may be less than or we're unmotivated. But um, a lot of times we miss the idea that we're already made wonderfully the way we are. You know, there's nothing that we actually have to do to be successful. We are already successful, but our society shapes and expects us to define our success off of our achievements. And so I think these are, you know, two main reasons why these expectations are in place. I kind of agree. I've experienced things like that where I am pushing myself to apply for every contest I can and then I'm not getting everything I need to get done done and then that significantly significantly affects my self-esteem. So I've kind of experienced that myself with the expectations that not really other people set for them set for me, but for what I set for themselves. And I think oh, that might wow. be more yeah. common than people think. Oh, Nina, it, you just like hit the nail on the head, you know, and it's like when you know that you have 
all of this greatness inside of you, you're right. Like you, you want to take advantage of everything. (laughs) You're like, Oh, there's an opportunity. I could be great at that. Or here's a scholarship. I should apply for that. Um, but it, it, as, as awesome as we are, and there's an infinite number of opportunities out there. And I feel like we, we need to know that like, yes, we can go out there, but we also need to keep that in balance. Cause I totally understand where you're coming from. Literally this past week, I've had so many creative ideas that I've worked to the point where I think I've made myself sick just because I just needed to like do it all. Um, but I don't know. Like it's, it's hard. It's like such a conflict when you have all this potential inside of you and you know, there's only so little time and so much energy and just how to keep it all into balance and perspective. So with all these standards, um, do you think these students typically meet these standards and why or why not? Sure, that's an awesome question. And when I think about that question, I think about this as being on a spectrum. So you have some kids who like may have that healthy balance in place and they're meeting the standards fine, a struggle here and there, you know, ups and downs that they can accomplish and get through. And then you have this end of the spectrum, I'm going to say it's more towards the left, where you may have gifted students who maybe have been pushed externally, and maybe, you know, like one day they wake up and kind of realize like, huh, was it really my goal to be in this place, in these classes, um, in these programs, participating in these extracurricular activities? Or was this just what I was led to? And in those cases, you'll start to see things like burnout happen a lot faster because the person is just coming to this realization of, huh, is this something I even really want? And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which I feel like is describing you and me, where it's like you have this internal motivation to like succeed and be in all these things. Um, You're an overachiever. And in this case, what can happen is that we meet the standards until something happens, like a a challenge in particular that finally kind of stumps us. And then we're kind of faced with this idea of, oh no, what do we do now? Like everything was going smoothly. We were making success. We're achieving things. But now we've hit this road where something confuses us. And that's kind of that turning point where we have to decide, how are we going to let not meeting a standard impact us? (laughs) Um, And I think that's the road that a lot of gifted kids get to. And um, it it really um, is a transformational experience to figure out, like, where do you want to take this from now? You finally hit that block that wasn't easy to overcome. Yeah, that builds really nicely into how do you imagine achieving or failing to reach expectations affects a gifted student? Sure. You know, I think there's a lot of personalization that happens. So when, you know, I've I've heard a lot of gifted kids tell me that when they don't achieve a standard, it feels like their identity has almost been questioned. You know, there's this image that they're successful in this area. Um, They know what they're doing. A lot of people may expect things from them. They expect a lot from themselves. And if they're not meeting standards, it can make them question who they are. You know, I heard a gifted kid the other day tell me, I'm not sure if I'm smart anymore. I think I'm losing brain cells. And in reality, there's so many variables that go into that, you know, meeting expectation or not meeting an expectation. 
And then we talked about the long-term effects of um, achieving. You know, that's when we're looking at things like, again, you know, we're doing well. Um, we're achieving things or making things happen, but everyone gets to a point where they face something in life that's difficult to manage. And then again, there's that turning point that you have to make. Are you going to continue to push through and work through it? Or are you going to let that become a self-defeating, self-fulfilling prophecy for you? And I think some gifted kids struggle with even trying to achieve new things because they get addicted to that success and they don't want to do anything that might threaten it. So there's this line of stability that I see some gifted kids walking and it's just because they know they're good in this area. They know they excel in this area, but they might not excel in another area. So we got to play it safe and just stay in, in this area over here. And what can happen though is eventually you get bored with that and stagnant and it can leave you paralyzed if you're afraid to try new things. I relate very strongly to that. Over my academic career, I created what I like to call this like this, this pillar of success. And I got to keep building that pillar of success. Like I keep doing it. And that was who I am. That's what I embodied. And then if I fail something, like I don't do well on a test, I'm not getting a subject. All of a sudden that pillar comes crumbling down. And then I don't, I feel like I'm worthless. Um, of course, I've been working through that, but that's still a problem I think is really common to gifted students because they have such high expectations of themselves or their parents or their peers or their teachers have such high expectations for them. I 100% agree. Absolutely. All right. So what are the long-term consequences of setting high standards for a gifted student that they cannot meet? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, just from working in the past with young adults um, who are identified as gifted when they were younger, what you can see is this dynamic of you have, and again, everything's on a spectrum. So you mm -hmm. can have young adults who are doing just fine, you know, ups Got and it. downs and they're dealing with it. Um, but on the extreme ends of the spectrum, you can have someone who grows up into this young adult who now feels paralyzed because they think nothing that I do is good enough. You know, I can never be enough. I'm never going to be worthy enough. And you can see them get disconnected, not caring. This can even happen as early as in high school or middle school. You know, I've seen some gifted kids um, get to senior year of IB program and then say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, there can be, um, you know, they may say they don't want to go to college. Um, they may have different plans. And these aren't bad things, you know? Like, if you recognize that your mental health takes priority over the IB program, that's fantastic. If you want to take a gap year before you go to college or not even go to college and do something else, maybe do a startup business, like, yeah. that's awesome. Um, but the, the idea behind all this is that they're – going into this stage where it may look like they're unmotivated, but what's really happening is that they're rethinking their life choices and trying to regroup. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you can see young adults who have fallen into this achievement trap. Mm -hmm. And so they maybe they haven't hit their barrier or their wall yet. And 
So they keep thinking that more, more and more is going to make me happy. You know, if I get into the college of my dreams, that's what's going to make me happy. Okay, well, actually, I'm not happy yet. I need to get my dream job. Okay, I got my dream job, but you know what? I'm still not happy. Now I have to get this awesome house and this fantastic car and all these things. And what can happen is when you're in the achievement trap, you one day wake up and realize, oh my gosh, I literally succeeded and achieved everything that I wanted and I'm still not happy. <laughs> and and it's because you're on that extreme of feeling like you have to constantly do and achieve to be happy when really we always have access to our happiness if we can just tap into our ability to be present and mindful with where we are at any moment. I like that. So what is the effect on the relationship between the person setting the expectations and the gifted student in question? Yeah, yeah. And I got to do my disclaimer again. It's always on a spectrum. So everyone's relationship with someone who's uh, giving them expectations can be different. Um, but that what I tend to, to see in the past with the gifted kids who come into counseling services with me is that there's a lot of misunderstanding. I, I feel like the gifted kids feel like this person who's putting expectations and pressure on them just doesn't quite understand that maybe they may need a break or maybe they don't need to do these excessive extracurricular activities that they're not even interested in. Um, you know, uh, they may feel muted, like they can't speak up because they don't think anybody's listening or they're going to be dismissed if they do say something. And then that can lead to distrust. So now you can have someone who is not opening up. They don't trust that anyone's going to understand them. And that can lead to resentfulness and anger. So that's more on the negative side. Um, but, you know, our gifted individuals who do feel comfortable speaking up, they can actually turn that into an opportunity to build the relationship with this person and communicate and be assertive um, and practice setting healthy, healthy boundaries. Okay. So with the case of the student, you said they, they would feel resentment and possibly even anger to the person setting the expectations. So with them, what is way, what is a way to cope with the not meeting of a expectation? Sure. The number one thing that I would recommend a gifted student to do to just like cope with super, you know, with not meeting expectations is to take back control of your mindset. So there's this awesome mm -hmm. book by Gay Hendricks. It's called The Big Leap. And he goes into talking about these different zones. So there's like the zone of incompetence. This is something that you're not good at and you don't like it. And that's probably why you're not good at it, because you don't like it. Um, there's the zone of, um, of competence. This is something that, like, you could take it or leave it. You know, for the most part, anybody could probably do this thing. There's the zone of excellence. And this is something that you're really good at. But you have to, like, work really hard to get here. You have to hone your skills in. And then there's the zone of genius. And the zone of genius isn't even necessarily about what you do, but more about just, like, how you bring who you are into what you do. It's just like a natural part of you. And once you tap into this part of you, I mean, it could be creativity, it could be humor, it could be your intellect, it could be an artistic element about, you know, you. Um, but once you bring this part of you into what you do, you enter this flow state, 
where hours seem like minutes and your creativity just kind of like naturally flows like infinitely. And so I think take control of your mindset and know what zone you're in. Because I see a lot of gifted kids being really hard on themselves because they're trying to excel in their zone of incompetence. So like if you're not a great soccer player and you don't like playing soccer, well then don't put pressure on yourself that you're not the best player on the field. Like that makes sense. But that does <laughs> you're not make even sense. interested in it. So like cope. Pick those areas where it's okay to not be the best. And I know that's hard, but like just yeah, give yourself at least a little bit of slack in any kind of way that you can do that. Um, and then really put your time, energy, and attention in your zone of genius because that's what's going to feel the best. And then three more quick things. Get a really great support system around you, people who understand what you're going through, people who are actually going to listen and not make you feel worse, and communicate to people what you need. If you know that you're going to talk to your mom and dad and they're going to give you back this response that's not helpful, coach them up and say, mom and dad, I need to tell you this, and this is what's going to be helpful for me to hear, and this is what's not going to be helpful for me to hear. And you'd be surprised how parents will step up to the plate. <laughs> um, and then counseling is always an option if you feel like you're not able to cope and um, whatever is going on, your stress, anxiety is getting to the point where you can't function. And then there's always the notion of you can recover from any mistake. And I think one path thinking is a way that seriously gets in the way of us figuring out how to cope because when we make a mistake or a problem happens, we start to think that now our entire plan is going to get shut down, but you can think your way through any mistake, any problem. Just keep that mindset focused on what you do want versus the problem that's just happened. Like don't try to solve the problem. Just put your focus and attention on the solution that you're looking for. So it's all about the growth mindset and moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so in the case of the individual setting the expectations, and that might be um, a teacher, that might be a parent, what are methods to reconnect with a student who is not meeting the standard? Sure. So the very first thing that I would recommend is that, like that, we're just going to say it's an adult, um, that that adult uh, validate the gifted student. And so by validating, I think a lot of adults feel like they validate and they're trying to be helpful and they have the best intentions in mind, but they're actually not validating. So I'll give an example. Um, let's just say I'm that senior and I want to I want to take a gap year. Okay, so I go to my adult figure and I say, hey, I want to take a gap year. Well, there's something called dismissive validation. And so that would be like the adult saying, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Come on, you need to go straight to college. Um, There's going to be so many things you miss out if you don't go to college right away. You might not even want to go back to college if you take a gap year. So the adult listened, but they kind of dismissed away the gifted students' um, issue that they brought to them. Right. And then there's another way to validate. It's called problem-solving validation. And so let's say the gifted student comes in and says, well, hmm, I don't know if I want to go to college right away. Maybe I want to do a gap year. I'm not quite sure. Um, well, problem solving would be trying to solve the problem for the gifted student. So, like, um, just trying to, like, 
make the decision for them versus allowing them to like really talk out their ideas and process and come to their own decision. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the, you know, people who are trying to like reconnect um, can use authentic validation. So authentic validation is letting someone know that you are trying to understand their issue from their point of view. So authentic validation would be like the gifted student comes in and says, hey, I think I'm going to take a gap year. Well, the adult may not like that, but the response with authentic validation would be like, okay, I'm hearing you want to take a gap year. Tell me more about that. So that opens the door to communication and increasing communication. It's what's going to help reconnect and and rebuild that relationship with the student who's not meeting the standard. Um, And really quickly, if you know, there may be some school counselors, adults, parents listening right now who say, well, you know what? Um, What happens if my gifted kid tells me something that I think is totally unacceptable? Well, negotiate. So see where you two can meet in the middle. Um, If you're not okay with an entire gap year, can you guys just say, okay, well, you know what? I'll give you six months to delay college. You can start the next semester instead of starting the first semester. So just find healthy negotiations and make it a collaborative process. That's clever. Okay, so we've talked a lot about um, negative expectations or well-intentioned expectations to be more precise and their effects on the gifted student and the person setting the expectations. So I'm wondering, what are healthy ways to set expectations for a gifted student? Yeah, I love these questions. <laughs> um, so the first thing to kind of piggyback off of the uh, previous response is co-create expectations together. So um, if, if you have an expectation for a student, let's, let's just say grades. Um, and again, like a lot of people may be assuming, well, what do you mean grades? Don't all gifted kids make straight A's? Well, no. No, no. <laughs> um, so like if you have a gifted student and you expect them to make all A's because they're gifted, but this gifted student is sitting in these super hard classes um, and knows that they have put their heart and soul into getting this C, um, you know, that can be an issue if there's this expectation that they make all A's. So open up the communication and co-create. You know, adults can say what they think is acceptable. Let the gifted kids also talk about what their expectations are. Because a parent can even say, well, you know what, gifted kid, I don't care. If you make straight A's, you can just pass and I'll be fine. But the gifted kid may say, what do you mean just pass? I want to make straight A's. Um, So just make sure you're getting the feedback from from each side. Uh, The second thing, again, goes back to establishing boundaries. So, you know, if, if you're you know, trying to set healthy expectations for a gifted student, you don't have to make it this free for all uh, and say, well, what do you want to do? Um, and, and, and hear answers that you feel are totally unacceptable. Like I've, I've talked to one gifted kid and he told me if he had his way, he wouldn't go to school at all. (laughs) And so that might not be acceptable to many adults, but again, like, set the parameters like sit down and create three columns and one column is the green column like these are the ideas that the gifted student can give you and you're totally okay with those and then there can be a yellow column these are the gifted kids ideas that maybe you're gonna consider maybe you'll try them out and experiment with them for a while and then you can have a red zone where it's like 
no, sorry, I know you want this gifted kid, but, like, we're, no, totally unacceptable. I can't let you, like, not go to school. (laughs) Um, And then two more things. Creating a check-in system can be really great because, you know, when you're high-performing and creative and gifted, again, there's an image that can kind of take over that you may feel that people aren't expecting you to need help. And so that may make you less likely to ask for help. So if there can be a really cool non-intrusive way for gifted students to check in with the people in their lives to let them know how they're doing that's awesome it could be a code word it could be a cool like little poster that gets put on their door at home and maybe it's color-coded and green means i'm totally cool yellow means i'm kind of stressed and red means i need you to come in here and help me because i'm seriously distressed so just making it an easy way to check in to gauge where they're at and then This one might ruffle some feathers, Nina, but um, I would encourage the adults who are trying to set healthy expectations with their gifted kids to be careful not to project their own wants and desires onto their kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got anything to say about that, Nina? Um, well, obviously, you don't want anybody to try and live through you as a gifted student. Um, and of course, I'm sure parents don't do this consciously, but I know um, I, I know that some parents might ha- display a tendency to want to live through their kid or have their kid be a certain way that seems yeah. impossible to the student. Right, and and I, I love how you said it too, Nina. Like it's it's not being done in this malicious way. Like parents are doing this because they really love their kids and they want to see them maximize their potential. But you're so right. Like your kids can't live your dream, and actually trying to get your kids to live your dream is actually limiting them because you're trying to get them to live in your zone of genius or what you think their zone of genius should be, when in reality everybody has this internal compass inside of them that's going to guide them to their zone of genius and they they don't need any help to get there like it will come out with support and love and a listening ear that can encourage kids in the way that they actually want to be encouraged okay so do you have any closing thoughts yeah, um, so if you are a gifted kid or know a gifted kid who is interested in finding community, I want to tell you about our program at our practice. It's called Balanced Intensity, and it's nine weeks long, and we get together, and we talk about stress, and we talk about anxiety, and we go over, like, how to set healthy boundaries, and we do funny events. We just had, like, a movie night the other day, and we watched the movie Encanto. It was awesome. Um, I'm giving away one free spot to participate in this program just for the listeners of this podcast. So email me at Erica, E-R-I-C-A, Erica at positive-development.org. And I will definitely put you in the contest for one of our upcoming groups. And hopefully you can get a free spot into our program. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Nina. This was awesome. It was an honor to have you. And that's it for episode one, Expectations. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. This has been The Gifted Mind.